Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Foolishly Faithful. Uh, the date is 8-17, and we are back after a week off. Uh, you know, with the Mets playing the way they're playing, we need to take a bit of a mental health break. Uh, but we're here to talk about the last two weeks, a little bit about the season, and just some general thoughts about the Mets and baseball. So uh, with that, I'm going to kick it over to Eric. Uh, Eric, what are you feeling about? Obviously, we're, you know, we're down on the season, but what are you kind of looking forward to as far as like what's coming up and the rest of the season, how we're going? Yeah, I mean, as you said, mental health break last week. Uh, I think, you know, we've been doing this podcast all season and sticking with the every week. And, uh, I think, you know, after seeing the lineup we've been putting out on the field every, every day for the past couple of weeks, it made it a little easier to take a mental health break. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not excited still about the future of baseball. I'll find something to be excited about. Um, I think we have some interesting opponents coming up, uh, in, in this next month, there still is a whole month of month and a half of baseball left. So I'm excited to see what, um, you know, some of the teams will play, some of these teams who are competing, see if they're for real, for real. Um, and, you know, to see maybe, maybe, like you said, in, in past episodes, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll start playing better and we'll, we'll make it within three games of the wild card before we collapse in the final week again. But I'm excited. How about you, David? I mean, I'm also excited. I mean, it's kind of weird to just, be out of it you know there's usually there's all right you know there's some back of your mind there's some hope for something and we can make some run but i feel like especially after the trade deadline it's just done like we just sold the team like there's just we are committing we waved the white flag already so i feel like i've never been in that situation like we always know that we're out of it but like there's we're always like still trying so i don't know to me it's like it's kind of weird like I'm always going to try to watch that game. If it's on, you know, if, if I'm around, if I'm home, like I'm always going to try to watch it. If I'm at a bar or something, I always try to like get a seat that I can make sure to, you know, <laughs> keep my eyes on it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to like be able to watch. And I'm kind of focusing on like a lot of the other teams in the league though. It's kind of like there's, I don't know. Baseball's pretty good overall this year. I feel like the offense has been up overall. Like there's, there's been a lot of like, there's definitely a lot of like really good teams, like surprisingly, like I think I don't know if the Orioles are like major league leaders or so, but like they're surprisingly doing really well. They're like cool to watch. Like the Mariners have been picking up recently, which is like crazy. I, I know the Braves are mortal enemies of us, but like they're just such a good team. It's crazy. And and I don't know if you guys mentioned it um, or not, but uh, the Yankees are actually under 500 now. Um, first time in our lifetime, how this far into the season. So everyone, that's pretty delightful. Life. Yeah, yeah. There, there was actually a brief moment uh, last week where the both the there's a brief moment last week where both the Mets and the Yankees were in last place, um, which is just astonishing if you think about going into the season what the expectations were. Uh, the Mets did jump out of it pretty quickly. I think within the night, uh, they were like tied with the nationals briefly and then they won the game that night so they got a half game up of them but for just for just for a minute there we were we were with the yankees in last place but yeah nice, nice to see yeah david you make a good point that you know we're still mets fans we're still loyal to this team um that's not going away anytime soon even you know they can they could lose 100 games they could lose 100 games in the season and i would still be a diehard mets fan uh it's just frustrating right now and it's sad but it's not anything. Un- it's not anything unfamiliar. <laughs> so I certainly know this feeling, so I'm not too worried about it. 
No, it just I mean, takes what? a little bit of stress away, though. Just that we're <laughs> done, though. So it, it's kind of like it's still it's fun to watch, of course. Like I'm gonna always be rooting for them, but to just know that it doesn't really matter, like it's it's you know it's, it's a little less pressure but again if they start making a run for it like hell yeah i'm in it i'm i'm gonna all yeah, the way the, beat the odds shock the world i'm in, yeah i made a bet that they'll make the playoffs i'm still I'm still behind oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you see there's someone posted like a, a video online of uh they they cashed out of their mets to win the world series bet and they think it was like a couple hundred dollar bet they got 32 cents out of it <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's like fuck it like i'll take the 32 cents <laughs> to me at that point like let it ride like like, yeah. like well, why my bother um yeah we're only seven and a half games out of a wild card spot so <laughs> i guess still there's still a month and a half of baseball left there's a lot of crazier things that happen for sure the thing that drives me crazy is like both like that week after the trade deadline where the mets were just like I think mentally checked out a little bit, like even the players, uh, where they lost, they got swept by the Royals, Royals, and then they yeah. got swept by the uh, Orioles right right after that. If we had gone 500 during that stretch, like we'd be four four and a half games out of the wild card. Yeah, you know what I mean? and that was like within reach almost. Yeah. Like I feel like that trade deadline really took out of a lot of people. Um, I know we talked about it at length, but I know David, you you weren't at that episode, and I think you had some thoughts on the trade deadline that maybe you wanted to like chat about real quick. Sure. Yeah, I listened to you guys, and I think I actually agreed with you. I thought we would all be a little feel a little differently, but I'm pretty happy with it, honestly. Like, it's kind of nice to have a functional front office, and they recognize that we are not in it. We are not winning, you know, and it's almost it's a sunk cost. And let's recoup what we can, and let's get some value for our players for whatever that is. And we'll try to win in the future. And I, listen, I understand. I mean, it's frustrating to watch and they weren't winning. <laughs> it's kind of nice. And I I'm, I'm all for it. Honestly, I was, they're trying. I, yeah, I know it's kind of weird to like, we, how many shortstops did we get? Like how many catchers? Like, <laughs> like it's kind of like strange. Like, I feel like I'm going to just defer to hopefully the people that do this for their day jobs and night jobs. I'm sure that they're, literally working very hard and i'm sure that this is the best value they could have gotten for the players like i'm just gonna like you know trust them a little bit on that like i yeah i understand like it seems kind of weird to get all these short stops but i'm sure there's some i'm sure that's like what they could get for it i'm sure you'd probably get like if you wanted to get like a pitcher instead i'm sure you really would have not gotten as good of a value like I've been seeing a lot online and a lot of people are like, we're just punting it for the next few years. And I, that's where I disagree. And that's where I'm like, all right, we're out of this year. Let's try for next year. And I think we have a chance next year. I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of baseball to go. There's plenty of time till next season. I don't know. If we're necessarily going to like be world series can favorites for next year, but I think we're definitely like a, we could definitely be a playoff team next year for sure. And I think that's solid. We're not winning this year. Let's get value where we can, instead of just kind of, keeping you know the same lanes and we i think we were the biggest trade team at the trade deadline i know we were the biggest mover at the trade deadline the biggest seller yeah 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 Yeah, and i i agree with your point about um not (laughs) about like they're they're skilled people in the front office like i we don't i i think it's clear that our front office is very like technocratic and is very 
analytically driven and is I feel confident they're making the right decisions. You know, we're not some team, at least anymore, <laughs> owned by some old money, old money local, you know, billionaire that just has this team. But yeah, it's a new money local billionaire. It's a new no. money local billionaire. <laughs> a little different now. So I have a little more faith that we're making good, smart moves. It seems like we're set up for the future in a better way than we were. And yeah, whether we are going to win next year or not, I don't know. But I think we're definitely going to be able to contend next year. And I think we're setting ourselves up for a better spot. I think it was just stupid to stay the course. I, I think that was a right move. And there were really no half measures. And I think that was the best part of it. I was like, all right, we're going to sell and we're going to fucking sell. And we're just going to clean house and we're going to do what we can. And we didn't really sell anyone. Robertson was maybe the biggest name in there. But everyone else was not – we're not selling Nimmo or Lindor. You know, we're not selling the heart of the team here. It's true. Yeah. I think to your point, like, about all the shortstops is like – I'm sorry. To the, uh, like, they're, they're often the most athletic people on the field and tend to be, like, the best players on the field at a position player. And also, like, pitchers are, I think, a little bit more of a crapshoot when they're prospects. Um, they, you know, they don't necessarily pan out and look longevity the same way that – players do like tommy john is almost a given these days um so I, th I think i think it's a safer bet and i think that's what they went for um in terms of like next year punting i know there's like the reports that the mats are like punting on next year too but like honestly i feel like front ownership like front owner like steve cohen said what he needed to say to max scherzer to get him to waive his no trade clause mm. that that that's honestly how i feel about it i don't know yeah. that that's a really gonna punt on next year i think that's kind of crazy yeah i agree I feel like that's a crazy thing to admit. I don't think the trades we made were really punting for next year. I think that's like, that's so insane to like just punt at the trade deadline for next year too. I think that's just a ridiculous decision to be made that like, I, I don't think we made any trades. Like it, I think, was it the Verlander trade? Like the Astros, we got their like top two prospects. I think we got pitchers in that trade, but like they're triple A pitchers. Like the people we got are like, almost ready to come up like we've got like good returns on them like for what who did like it's not just like you know, we're, we're like i don't know i think they were good trades honestly i think we got value where we wouldn't have gone value if we just sat on them and did nothing i think we got a lot more value than we squeezed as much as we could out of the players and I, yeah. i'm happy for it i hope we compete next year that's all and i think to the point i mean even if these prospects are not major league ready, like say, for example, next year with our good team, which we do have, we're in contending position at the trade deadline and we, we need to be buyers. We have a stockpile of prospects to trade as well. So I, it's, yeah, it's, it, it helps us next year, even if they're not major league ready prospects. That's very well said. Um. But yeah, but I mean, I think we do have some things to look forward to after this trade deadline, and um, I don't know. There's still, again, a month left, a month and a half left of baseball. Um, hasn't been great recently, but um, let's see. Should we do a little recap of the, the 14 games that we have missed <laughs> in the past two weeks? It hasn't been hasn't been pretty. I'd say give us the highlights, but maybe lowlights, maybe the key moments, key games. All right. Um, Got swept by the Orioles. That seemed almost, <laughs> almost like a given. They're best. They were the best team in baseball at the time. Um, yeah. They played really well. Um, they put a lot of runs on us too. Um, took two out of three from the Cubs. 
that feels great. Yeah, um, that was good. Love, love to pray on the really hot at the time too, which is really surprising. Yeah, they keep it hot too. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there was the four game set against Atlanta. <laughs> we got manhandled. Uh, <laughs> really, did not feel great. Um, we won the we did win the the finale and salvaged in a one run win, but I'm uh, shut out in two of the games, and then of course one of the games, you know, it was a football score. I would have been rather been shut out than that. I mean, like, <laughs> I think I think we were we were together, uh, David, myself, and a bunch, a couple other. I think you know Ray was there too, and like, we were saying that it was like a Falcons Jets game, not like a Mets Braves game. Like, you guys were at that got, game? No, no, we 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 were at uh, it was Doug's birthday. He was oh okay. Uh, we got together. Doug, uh, it's not important who Doug is, but we, yeah, <laughs> Doug's was right. he was a guest in one or two episodes. Uh, you know, but we were uh, we were having a barbecue, and the game was on, you know, throughout the apartment. And it was just, every time you looked at the screen, it was like, oh, eleven nothing, oh, fourteen nothing, fifteen. It's just like <laughs> hilarious. Like at that point, it's just like keep going. Like you're not gonna, how you're how you go. Mendick pitched that game, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he came in for an inning and a third. Might have given up six runs or something. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say he really saved our arms, though. Really appreciate it. <laughs> one of uh, one of the guys in uh, my office is a big Braves fan. He's always kind of giving me shit, and uh, he is from Atlanta, and he tries to go to the games when they come into the town. Mm-hmm. And the only game he could make this weekend was the Sunday game, and I was so happy about that. That's amazing. <laughs> no joy for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great, and we see Atlanta uh in atlanta um next week this coming week which can't say i'm looking forward to that series either um yeah that's gonna be rough it's gonna be tough 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 they are they are, they are the best team in baseball in terms of record um yes. and in pre- pretty you know it's arguable but i think top to bottom they're probably the best team in baseball even when you don't look at their record yeah their hitting just doesn't stop they hit home runs continually it seems like I'm always watching clips of them hitting home runs in the first inning before they make it out. And they're usually like three run home runs or grand slams, which just feels right. cruel and unfair. But yeah, they're, they're second in the national league in ERA. Um, they're first in the national league in OPS and pretty much every other hitting category. They're just, they're just dominating. Like all I can hope for is that they go cold in the playoffs. <laughs> like that's, is that they just completely shit the bed. Look at their history. They like, I see a lot of fan, their fans calling us like chokers, but like, I don't know that there's any chokers like they are. Um, you know, I, it's not it's not really a hot take. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they are fantastic in the regular season. In the last thirty years, they have been to the playoffs twenty times. I think twenty-two times. How many World Series do they have during that period? Two. Yeah. You could trip into more World Series than that in twenty-two playoff appearances, yeah. like. It, it, that that is choking to me like yeah. yes they are a dominant and great team during the regular season but they they've choked they have a history of choking in the playoffs yeah i i mean i don't know if they're like choking i mean is that choking or is it just like getting beat like i don't know i feel like there's a difference like i feel like when you're that good all season and then you get beat in the playoffs that's choking if you sneak into the playoffs and get beat, I don't think that's choking. But that's not what they've done, right? They win the division almost every year. Yeah. I feel like this year they're, like, the most dominant I've really seen them. And, that's like, fair. it's 
I don't recall. I don't know. Have like the last few series or so. Like I feel like they're hard fought series, at least from what I see. Like I don't know what they're like. Just like absolutely just going to slump and like getting zero hits. That's where I would say you're choking. But like to have a hard fought ser- series and lose. Like that's where I'm like, all right, you, you put up a fight, you you just lost. That's fair, I guess. Um, just to shit on the Twins, uh, I would say they choked. I don't know if you guys know that, but their last playoff win was – they've lost um, – I think the last one they won was 2004. I think they've lost, like – they've made it to the postseason a bunch, but just, like, have not won a game since Have won a game? Yeah. Not even, like, a playoff game. series? Haven't won a game? Um, I don't believe so. I'm gonna. Fa- I'll get back to you in a second. I'm gonna check that, but I'm That's pretty crazy. sure. I'm pretty sure they've lost. Like they have swept like every series since before. <laughs> Maybe wow. it's only the Yankees. Like they haven't won. Uh, but but here's the. I mean the Yankees. Right, the Yankees have finished with like an above 500 record. I think like every seat like for the past like 20 years or something. It's some it's some stat like that. They're like the, the 70s, Yankees are yeah. enormously successful, right? And in the past 20 years, the Yankees have. One World Series as well. Um, that's I, I I would say that's choking. Uh, you know, choking. I I think like sure you're not going to win the World Series every time you make the playoffs. Um, but if you make the playoffs every year, you should win a couple. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they they're um, just too good to like then say like oh well they couldn't get it done in the playoffs. That's that's what choking is. I don't know. Yeah. Although this is really easily said as as a, as Mets fans who our team makes the playoffs <laughs> oh, like once we, every ten years, we choke pretty. There's like <laughs> we choke constantly, right? Like last year we choked. I I don't know if I'd call it choke. The Braves just caught us, but like, yeah. I mean, we we choked last year. Like I would consider that a choke last year. <laughs> I think September. We we choke in September. The Braves choke in October. <laughs> We're putting a lot of qualifiers on this take, dude. <laughs> Listen, uh, if if it, all that matters is the ring, then you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to finish off, uh, I have the numbers here for the Twins. They got swept in two thousand six, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, it's just a wild card game in twenty seventeen, but they lost that. Um, they got swept in two thousand nineteen, and they got swept in twenty twenty. Um, so, <laughs> that's, that's crazy that's wild. crazy real brutal yep. and i think four though four or six of those were against the yankees so <laughs> Fucking yankees. wow i seem to remember the 2020 game it was like was it a wild card plan or something or was it, was it wild a, was card it a... series they lost two nothing in that yeah okay i, I think... seem to remember that yeah I, I think it was like one of those games where it like it was really close to the end, and like I remember Aaron Hicks making some crazy play or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how you know when the Mets are, you know, routinely successful in the next twenty years. <laughs> we'll have the same argument about choking or not because I don't know. I, I think there's there's definitely a point about like oh, once you're in the playoffs, it's a completely different game, and I think it's if you can get yourself there, like it's a pretty successful season. But, I agree. Um, but I also think for the Braves this year, it's like if they don't win the World Series, like they completely threw away the season. Like with the way that they're playing and how dominant they are right now, you have to win the World Series now if you're the Braves. Do so you think it's because they've done so well that if they lost the World Series, they choke? Again, I wouldn't call it choking, but like that's where the expectation is. I think if you have a team of this caliber that has just completely dominated all season, in the same way that you know the Mets winning 100 games last year 
you you know you had high you had higher expectations for how well they're going to play. But yeah, if you're this dominant during the regular season, you have to you have to seal the deal, right? Because otherwise, you're just a really good team. You know, you're just like the Mariners, who you know you can win 116 games, but if you can't fight your way out of the playoffs to the top, then it's like eh, it's not as not as impressive, even if it's a fun season. I've I've heard this in like a lot of sports, though, even not even like baseball, just that the teams that are that good that they like basically have like playoffs clinched, you know, how many like weeks, month, like in advance that yeah. they almost like, I don't know if they choke, but they just like haven't played a me- by the time the playoffs come around, they just haven't played a meaningful game in so long that they just like get out of sorts and like they, yeah. they're just like kind of coasting until the playoffs and then they're just like they're. I don't know if it's like mentally or like physically, they just like aren't there. I think it was like hockey or something last year. I forgot what was it like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know if you guys know hockey. I guess I don't as much either, but like um, it was something like that. They just like crushed it. And then by the time it gets to the playoffs, they just like lost the playoffs because it was just this. And that's what the coach was like. Yeah, we just like it's like a month before we played a meaningful game. Like you can't be like, we're not playoff ready at that point. Yeah. I got that. It'd be nice to be in that situation, you know? Yeah. No, I think that makes a, it's a really good point about, you know, routine and consistency that I think even it happens even in micro examples where it's like if you if there's two teams in the playoff or, you know, they beat their previous their previous opponents. If you sweep, if one team sweeps and you beat them in four games and then you have three more games or four extra days to chill. Meanwhile, the other team is going to game seven and they're like they're playing every day. So it's like they know they're kind of in rhythm. And by the time the series starts, you know, one team is a little more rested, but it's a little out of practice. Um, yeah, that's why playoff like tournaments are just kind of a shit show because it's a game of endurance too. There's a lot of talk about that. I feel like every year with like, is it better to have a buy? Is it better to play? Right. Is it better to have a long series? Is it better or not? I don't know the numbers on it. Um, but like the Braves last year when they lost in the first round that they played in, like they, you know, a lot of their fans blame it on the buy that they had. Um, but like, yeah, I it's. It's supposed to be a reward, right? Getting a buy, relaxing a little bit. It's supposed to be a reward, not a punishment. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see the numbers on that. Like if when teams like have buys or have shorts, like sweep a series versus a team, and then they go against a team that didn't, like how that turns out. Didn't yeah. Belichick make teams like practice during the bye week and like really play? Like sure. he didn't give his teams like, but like they did well, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. 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 Um, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> we still got a lot of baseball to cover, I guess. Um, yeah. something you well, brought up at the beginning, Steve, is you know, what are we looking forward to for the rest of the mm-hmm. season? Um, so I don't know. Does anyone want to kick it off? Otherwise, I can start us off. I, I guess I, I'll kick us off if you don't mind. Sure. Um, one thing I'm really looking forward to that I don't think we've seen yet, and I'm hoping we get to see, is seeing our youngsters come up and just play it out. Like, I get, like, they sent Beatty down because, like, he was struggling, and you could see it in his face. You could see it in his body language. He was just, like, mentally kind of not there. Um, Alvarez is starting to lose some playing time, too, I think, for similar reasons. Like, they're not starting him every day anymore. Um, They're giving me a little bit more of a break. But, uh, like, I would like to see Vientos, Beatty, Mauricio come up, um, Alvarez. I want to see them start every day. I want to see them play out the rest of the month, like, a month and a half that's left, and just, like... See what they got. Get them some experience in the major leagues. You know, maybe there's something to be said for like not putting them around this like kind of like 
dead like lame duck team right now for their like mental health i guess but i i'm excited to see mauricio come up if he does i don't know if they're going to but i i want to see the young guys play is my biggest thing and without pressure right like I think last year when we brought Alvarez up and we brought Beatty up, it was in a time we were struggling and trying to hold on to our like playoff, like first place, um, like birth. And I think there was a lot of mental like strain on them for that and a lot of like pressure. Yeah. I think that didn't bled into this year with Alvarez. You saw him like, and when he got the big spots, he just like swung out of his shoes and like he really like was anxious up there. And I think that getting them like major league time when there's no pressure and getting them to be like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is like, this is okay. Like, I think there's something to be said about that. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. Uh, it's like the main thing I'm excited about. There's some other things too. Uh, I'm not excited to see Ortega keep playing short uh, center field. And um, <laughs> DJ, uh, DJ Stewart, and, uh, the Bambino over there. <laughs> He's knocking the ball all over the place. What's the name of the second baseman we got right now? I keep I keep I can't pronounce his name correctly. Aruiz. 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 A R A U Z, but the U has like an accent mark. Aruiz. Aruiz. Not to be confused with Aruiz. Not Aruiz. No. Yeah, I think to yeah, but I think to the youngsters playing, like, right? It's like why not? Right, if 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 maybe they're waiting for September call up so we can we can just have an expanded roster, but like we got you gotta get them more consistent playing time um, at the major league level just to understand what it takes. Because the thing I worry about with young players in any sport really is like the physical demands of being a professional athlete. It's like you're not in college anymore. You're not young. Like you can't eat. You, you can't really eat garbage. Like you can't like just be lazy like you got to take really good care of yourself you have to have high endurance to like last a whole season you have to be like really athletic and like really work on keeping like your core up and your cardio and everything that like i think a lot of young players i feel like get hurt i mean like Vientos just went to the, to the il with a whatever like some sort of i don't know some strain on some arm appendage or something um but yeah it's like young players it's like you as I think when you can get when you get into the major league system and you start understanding how things work and you know you start dealing with travel and media and everything else, like it's only good experience. So, um, I know. question how much travel plays a factor in that too, though, because like I have no idea how the hell you deal with that mentally. But they travel like whether in St. Louis, you know, today they were in like New York the other day. Like every like three four days, they're in a different. Like city, like, different city. That, that's got to be a huge toll, like mentally as well. Just like try, you're all over the place. Like as soon as the game's over, our right, packer bags. We're we're flying out to like San Diego after this, like couple yeah. days, going up to like Seattle. Like they're doing crazy stuff. Like that's yeah. got to be so. So it's a job. It's a job, and you have to, and like it's a job that everyone in the world wants. But it's like now they're there. It's like this is these are the demands of this job. You have to go just fucking play across the country in ten hours if that's what it calls for. Minor leagues and college are very regional. So right, you take a bus. You take a bus. Yeah. yeah. I, a point about like the travel time and like they try to they try to it's gotten worse this year because of everybody plays everybody. Right. Um 
and you don't play as many games against your division, so there's fewer close games, like ge yeah. geographically close games. <laughs> um, but they're it's also like wildly uneven. Um, I don't know how much this is like taken into a, like account when they make the schedules every year. But I just pulled up on Baseball Savant the total miles traveled by each team, like based wow. on like where they're playing. Uh, the Athletics are the worst. They have fifty-one thousand five hundred miles. About. Um, Can they afford the that? Can they afford to fly their play, their <laughs> team member? I, I hope they're at least collecting frequent flyer. You know, maybe they could pay for their flight to <laughs> to San Francisco. Or their you know, they're flying coach, right? <laughs> I was about to say that hundred percent flying. Coach. <laughs> um, but but on the other end of the spectrum, the Brewers are less than half that amount of miles at 25,000 miles. So like, hmm. that's a huge discrepancy. Huge difference. I would, exp I, I would think that's a huge advantage as well. Like if yeah. you're not doing that much physical travel all the time. And I think also the West coast teams tend to have it worse because there's fewer teams out there. There's just yeah. more teams. It's further. The East coast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at the, the top five teams are the athletics, the Mariners, the giants, the Padres and the angels. Like, and then the Marlins somehow came in six, but then you got the Dodgers and D-backs at seven and eight. So like you have a lot of West Coast teams out in like the top ten. Right. Um, in fact, in the top ten, there's only two East Coast teams. So it's just kind of what it is. Um, the geographics of baseball. But question: Is that um, currently, or is that um, expected at the end of the season? That is the total for the season. Yeah. So that's not current yet. So I mean, that's, that's not as of today. It shouldn't. Oh, it should normalize though by the end of the season. No, no, that 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 will be what the, it is at the end of the season. That's not oh. As of today. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's so that's at the end of the season. Those are the expected miles for the whole year. I wonder if that accounts for like the London series from this year, which the Mets will be playing in London next year for a series. I think against the Phillies. Um, um it, that's does, a lot it does account for the London series. They're it showing is. they're showing the map. Yeah, it does account for the London series. Okay. Um and the Mexico series as well. Yeah, and Mexico as well. I'm, I'm really central What's that? Brewers are pretty central, so yeah. They are pretty central, but like compared to the they're still like they're Midwest, which is really East Coast compared to the West Coast, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like they're significantly closer to the East Coast than they are to the West Coast. Yeah. And in fact, I would think that would cut down on their travel because like they're a little closer to the West Coast, and they're not too far from the East Coast. Yeah. Like, geographically, I don't think Milwaukee is that far west that I would call it central. Yeah. But then, I mean, then again, like, you know, West Coast teams are successful, and West Coast teams do win games and have... Sure. So sure. it's like, it's just one of those things that you just account for, or I don't know. You know, these these teams have been in these locations for years. I don't, I don't know the last team to move was... Uh, like last time a team changed location, but yeah, they've been doing this for a while, so I don't know. They just, I don't know, maybe they do something, they optimize their time on these flights in ways that we don't know. I don't know. They actually, I don't know about the last team to move, but the Diamondbacks are probably the newest team out there. Yeah, um, they yeah. were they were an expansion team fairly yeah, recently. Diamondbacks, Rockies, yeah. Um, yeah, the Rockies, too. You're right. Um, I think I want to say the Athletics were somewhere before Oakland pretty recently. Right, uh, about to be moving soon. <laughs> about to be moving again. Uh, no, but the A's have been. I think the A's have been there at least since the seventies or the sixties. Um, because I think that they were in Philadelphia at one point. 
Um, yeah, they were in Philadelphia. I'm trying to remember when though. Sixty-eight. They moved to. They moved to. They're in um, Kansas City up until sixty-seven. From fifty-five to sixty-seven, they're in Kansas City. I think the last one was the Expos moving to Washington. Oh, of course. Okay, of course, yeah, but they, they didn't move out west. I, I was thinking west. Yeah. Well, yeah. All that to say that I think like these teams, you know, West Coast teams, they they understand the travel, um, and I but I just wonder how they they make use of it. Do they just tell people to sleep more? Do they make their players watch more film? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, but it's a very interesting statistic. Uh, I this is the type of thing that I wish one day we could interview a major league baseball player to ask them all of these questions that are very. I, th- I think we're gonna need more than fifty listens an episode to get to, <laughs> <laughs> for a major league player to come on. Stay tuned. Stick with us. We'll get <laughs> with us one day. One day. Um. All right, I think we're ready about call a halftime break. Uh, we can come back in the second half with a little more of our things that we're looking forward to for the rest of the season, as well as some news from around the league um, and a little more Mets fodder. So stick around. Hey, hey, welcome back from break. Uh, no ads for uh, you guys. You know, we work hard, so uh, you guys don't have any ads. So um, we're going to kick it back to Eric. Uh, we're going to see what what are you most excited for for the rest of the season? Ah, uh, well, there are two series at City Field that I this month that I wish I was in New York for. And that is the Angels are coming to, to town or rather the the Shohei Otanis are coming to town um, and the Texas Rangers who we originally thought at the beginning of the season we would see a Jacob DeGrom appearance at City Field again, but that is no longer the case. Instead, we maybe get to see a Max Scherzer appearance on the mound at City Field. Um, I hope we get to see both Shohei Otani and Max Scherzer pitch uh, for their respective teams at City Field in a couple weeks. Um, it should be highly charged games, um, you know, because I think Otani going around the league has been getting, you know, the superstar treatment. Everyone wants him to come play for their team. I suspect that Mets fans will also be, be doing the same thing. Um, and as for Scherzer, I'm really curious what his, the reception is going to be. I mean, will he be applauded? Will he be booed? Will it be? A, I think it'll probably be a mix of both, but uh, I'm curious to see. I, I think he's getting booed. He uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any question. I think <laughs> if he had left the Mets and then shut his mouth, I think he might have gotten some applause. Yeah. I think that he kind of bad-mouthed us on his way out the door. Um, either of those things might have been true. Yeah, uh, I I think he's gonna come and he's gonna if he if he's pitching he's gonna get a a rough uh, a rough welcome. Yeah. Um, David, I think you're talking. We can't hear you, but I agree. I, I mean, but I yeah, think... he he's getting booed for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just say like Mets are terrible. Like, oh, the front office lied to me. Like, he said a lot of bad things and then left. Like, if he was like, you know what, I had fun working here. My time came. I'd like to win series and help the Mets out or something. Like, the front office is great. Yeah, we would like him. No, no, I'm sorry, sure. There, I, if I'm at that game, I am booing him. Yeah, I think we also have a uh, was well, part of the and the AL West coming into town. The Astros are also coming into town uh, later that week, um, and so we actually might get a Verlander showing as well. Um, I think his will be the opposite. Actually, I think he'll get uh, some cheers, um, even though he's had only a short time with the Mets. But 
I think it's also because he handled it so differently, right? Like, am I wrong? No, the Astros are not coming to town. I don't yeah, know I, that sounded that sounded incorrect. But... I think I, I was looking at the Mariners. Maybe I just like had all the AOS in my uh, head. Um, because I think well, we've played in both Houston and because it's funny. Yeah, you're right. Because we played in Houston and Verlander got his ring as part of a. <laughs> I think he's presented right. with his World Series ring as part of the Mets, and now he's back on the fucking team. Yeah. That's funny. Well, like Berliner, though, people said, like, oh, apparently he was quoted as he hated the Mets and, you know, all these, like, he was a bad clubhouse presence and whatnot, which is understandable. He was injured. He really was barely on the team in the clubhouse. But then he came out afterwards and was like, that's really not true. You know, I really have nothing bad to say about the Mets. Like, there was really, like, he had a good time. So, did someone follow up? Someone followed up yeah, with him he, after he that? Followed up, yeah. And Berliner was pretty much like, no, like, they treated me well. Like, he, Berliner had like positive things to say about the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, was like, whether it's true or not. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you know, I'm sorry that some of my like um, suggestions or criticisms of like ways to improve got misinterpreted, but I was just like, I, I, I had no issue. Like, yeah. Uh, he handled it how you're, I guess, like as an adult, you're supposed to handle it. <laughs> he says, I have nothing but respect for the Mets organization and I enjoyed connecting with all of my teammates this season, new and old. It was truly a wonderful group of people. I mean, very nice. Cool. Okay, yeah. I, I'm into that. Yeah, um, I, I think it was interesting about Scherzer is that like, you know, he's like I you know, right, he's like the union rep. Um, he's also like, you know, bona fide like professional. Like he comes in, he's ready to compete, he's there to get the job done. And I guess the one thing that he hasn't learned is not to badmouth you know, your this whole fan base as you're out the door. Um, because I know you you can be obsessed with winning, that's fine, but like I don't know. I thought he's supposed to be the professional. I thought he's supposed to be the veteran that like has a little more tact with the things he says, but I don't know. He's just uh he's an odd one. Um it'll be very interesting when he comes back. He has a history of being a little bit of a hothead though, and kind of just speaking what's in his mind. And so like yeah. it's in character, you know, like Yeah. Um, I do agree, though, that Shohei will get that superstar treatment, and I think fans will come out and cheer for him, even against the Mets, and in hopes that this kind of inspires him to come over yeah. here. But yeah, hopefully, Senga will pitch against him that day, and we'll have like a whole, uh, you know, from Japan moment. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Kind of getting together. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see him play the Mets. I don't think they've played. I mean, aside from that series in Anaheim, what was it last year? I mean, I haven't. Yeah, they haven't played the Mets. They they rarely play the Mets. Um, is he pitching again? Like I know he skipped a start because of his uh, his arm uh, soreness or something like that. Is he is he back to pitching? I'm not sure. We'll probably have to check in on that next week when the probable pitches are out. Um, I might be a little too far ahead. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see if Scherzer is lined up. Reds and skip a start. Um, I'm not sure if that start was happening yet. Um, I'll, I'll get on that. <laughs> hmm. uh, but yeah, that's exciting. I wish I was at those games. Uh, they seem really fun. Um, both, I mean, the Angels, right, are having an equally <laughs> an equally miserable season too. But the Rangers are in first place and playing really well. So uh, that will be a tough series to beat, especially with a motivated Scherzer on the mound if we see him. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, how about you, David? What are you looking forward to for the rest of the season? I mean, if you want a specific answer, like 
I mean, we, we made a, you know, we've been playing softball on our own, you know, shout out to the softball squad. Uh, you know, we're going, we're going for a championship next week. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, we have one of uh, just a random friend that we made through there is a Reds fan. So it's been cool to see like transplant from Cincinnati in Brooklyn, but it's, it's cool to get that perspective. And, um, you know, we're going to go to a Reds, the Reds, um, Mets game um, in Seattle in, in September. So I think mm. that's pretty low to like, just, I don't really have anything to do with the Met, the Reds and like know anything about them, but it's cool to like learn about them and I don't know, like go Reds, you know, like, it's kind of cool to like, they, I really have nothing bad against them. They're not our rivals. And like, you know, it's cool to like have a, someone that's like, they're pretty good and a young fun team and have like some perspective in there. That's, it's cool. I think like with the Reds that like, obviously they're still, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Um, but this is like, there was a time when, the Reds were great and a dominant team and just like the class of Major League Baseball. That time has been a long, that was a long time ago, right? Like that's not in our lifetimes really. And like, so I think it's like, you're almost a jerk if you root against the Reds. Like they're, they're a young team that's like scrapping for like finally yeah. being relevant in a small market. And like, you got to root for them almost. Like it's like a feel good story. In baseball. Yeah. It's like rooting against the A's. Like, come on. <laughs> Like don't kick them on their down. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I wonder if Nick will be interested in coming back on for another episode. He did such a good job when the Reds first played the Mets earlier this season. We got a lot of um, guests lined up for the future as well. Um, speaking of uh, dysfunction, you know uh, the Yankees are real dysfunction. Um, we got a disgruntled Yankees fan that will be joining us in a future episode too. So stay tuned, everyone. So. Yeah. Mystery, mystery guest. Mystery, mystery guest. guest. Mystery guest. Um, I guess one more thing to add about something I'm looking forward to um, are all the, the 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 promotions at City Field. <laughs> um, again, I wish I was in New York to go to these games, but listen, if any if any of you or any of our listeners want to go to the Saturday, the Saturday September second game against the Mariners and pick up a a, a corduroy hat available to the first fifteen thousand fans. Uh, or if someone wants to go to the Tuesday, September 12th game versus the Diamondbacks and get a Mets hockey jersey, I will pay you. And you can send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed pretty cool. There's also a Buck Showalter replica windbreaker, a Mets crossbody bag. Um, a lot of fun stuff for City Field this yeah. season. And not Keep a the fans of the show. But a, a cool one on uh, September 17th, uh, Bartolo Colon will be retiring as a New York Met. I think he's signing a one-day contract so you can officially retire baseball and, in a New York Mets uniform, which I think is pretty cool. There is actually a long-sleeve t-shirt that says Big Sexy with a big picture on it. <laughs> <laughs> that that actually that. looks pretty cool. It has a picture well, of a cologne bottle on it, too. It's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> nice. I actually might be traveling that day, um, so I won't be able to make the game. But I think I'm going to be traveling. I, you don't know this yet, Eric, but to the to Seattle. Um, oh yeah, I'm going to visit some family in the in the deep woods of Washington, and uh, no way. I think I think I got to land in Seattle to do that. So all right, uh, hopefully we'll be, maybe we'll be able to connect for a day. And we can connect. I'll see you. Um, maybe yeah, I'll be, I'm looking forward to the right hat to bring you. Yeah, bring me a hat. <laughs> bring, bring me something something that's that's related. <laughs> um just briefly on Bartolo Colon, I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty neat he's he's retiring a Met. I mean, he had an illustrious career. It was like 20 se- 20 seasons. He only played for the Mets for like 3 years, but for some reason 
he has so much love for the Mets from that short time. And I love him for that. I think it's, it's great that this guy who had this, who was just this kind of this enormous larger than life character in baseball was able to spend so much memorable time on the Mets and really appreciate his time here. Um, and it makes me proud that he's going to retire as a Met. It wasn't his best years. Um, stats wise, it wasn't his longest tenure, but it was just, he was on it for three years. They were, he was on the angels and the Indians for longer, but that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he still shows us. I mean, he, he had 12 teams, 12 teams throughout his career. Um, and I, th- I think it does say something that he, he feels so fondly about the Mets and like the fan base and what they gave him. Um, so it, it's special, you know, it's, it's special to have be have a player who's like loved by the fans want also love the fans and want to come and like be part of that team. You know, yeah. we weren't even the last team he played for. He played for maybe three teams after us yeah. uh, shortly here and there, but yeah, he played after us. He played for the Braves, the twins and the Rangers. Rangers. So like, yeah. yeah, he's not, not like he even like is just coming back to his last team. He he's coming, he, he's picking us, which is, which is rare when people actually pick us. <laughs> he must have a good sense of humor. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now. He made the all an all star at age 25 in 1998. He also was an all star at age 43 in 2016. <laughs> Amazing. We that's we crazy. need to check into that. I wonder if that's like the biggest age gap between the same person making the all star game. I mean, it's between him him and Nolan Ryan. Like, who else would? uh, Maybe Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer, right? Jamie Moyer. Maybe, uh, what's his name? Um, Julio Franco. Julio Franco. I just thought of Julio Franco, 45 years old when he was playing. He he might have a shot. He He played really well up until the end. And, like, he had, like, the body of a 25-year-old at 45. (laughs) I mean, those two, I mean, in 15 and 16, he led, well, in 15, he led, all the entire major leagues in in walks per nine with 1.1 walk per nine innings, which is incredible. And then in 2016, he led the National League with 1.5. So, so he did he did leave the majors in walks per inning and in, in walks per nine and to 15. But he also led the majors in hits allowed. So right. <laughs> he was he was filling up the strike. He was zone. filling up the strikes. So, um, yeah, his whip was 1.2, but not as good. <laughs> But, I mean, he had some really amazing moments. I mean, he was clutch in the playoffs in 2015 on the World Series run. He came in and came in out of the bullpen in L.A. That was amazing. I mean, obviously, his hitting highlights are some are something that will live forever. <laughs> Highlight. Highlight. <laughs> no, he had the double one. I think he had the double that he hit over, like, Ichiro's head mm. one time. The hat, I mean, the helmet coming off, everything. The helmet coming Truly off. Truly a yeah. memorable Met, and I will, <laughs> will not forget him, and I'm glad where he's retiring Met. Yeah, I just fact check on Nolan Ryan, Julio Franco, and Jamie Moyer. Those are the names you guys threw out. And Bartolo definitely has the largest age gap between All Star games amongst okay. them. Amazing. Um, I wonder... Julio Franco played till he was forty eight. <laughs> the Met. It's crazy. I remember him as a Met, uh, but he was he was older. He was, it was towards the end, right? I don't know if it was the end. But... Yeah, he started at age forty seven. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I think there was a there was a bat with I think it was him against Jamie Moyer and it was like the oldest hitter batter combination ever. It was like ninety five years old between the two of them. Something silly. <laughs> wow. Um, maybe maybe Phil Necro. I feel like knuckleballers have a big longevity. Interesting. And he was a Hall of Famer. Um, so that, that that I'm sure there's others that we're not thinking of um, that we just don't have the 
baseball yeah. history knowledge to know, but I, I, I think Bartolo Colon has a shot at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess another thing we wanted to touch on was, you know, a little bit of a look around the league. Um, you know, the best play in the last two weeks. A lot's happened. A lot of interesting stories. Um, I guess just on the theme of like under, before we get into the more, uh, like the news items, I think larger picture, like there are other teams. I mean, right. The Mets have really underperformed the season, obviously, but we're not alone in that camp. Um, there are quite a few teams around the majors that had high expectations that have completely flopped. Um, I think one of the, one of the teams is the one we're playing currently, which are the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, yeah. They were in first place. They won their division last year. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt was the MVP. Nolan Arenado was third in MVP voting. Um, and they just have not done anything. I mean, they, they started the year in the cellar cellar. Like they, in like April, they were awful. And I guess they've just continued to be awful. They just have not made the climb, um, which feels so out of the ordinary for St. Louis, which I feel like puts in a way like the Yankees, like it is always a successful ball team, ball club every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Cardinals have not finished. They're under 500 right now. They have not finished under 500 since 2007, which is yeah. crazy. And crazy. besides that, which is they were 481. Yeah, they were six games under 500. And before that, it was before 2000. So this is just totally out of the picture for them. It's pretty crazy they finished under 500 in 07 when they won the World Series in 06 also. Like, that's that's pretty that's That pretty is crazy. interesting. That is super interesting. Um, but yeah, I think we mentioned this in uh, in May when it first kind of came to light that it was like the first time the Cardinals had ever finished April in last place, um, which is absurd. And I, Eric, you gave the exact comp I was going to say, like the Yankees. It just seems like they've had like such a history of like excellence for so long. It's almost unfathomable to see them struggle so much. Um, and well, maybe they might be like as big a disappointment as maybe the Mets are in like that we had so much payroll. We had 101 wins last year. Um, but it seems like it, it's not being talked about maybe as much or a smaller market, but yeah, I mean, they've been terrible. <sighs> Their pitching has been worse than the Mets has been. Their hitting has been worse than the Mets have been. Yeah. I mean, Goldschmidt has really like fallen off this year. I mean, he only has 19 home runs, 62 RBI. Um, his slug is down 120 points. From last year his ops is down 160 I, I who knows who knows what i mean maybe it's just hard to stick with that i don't know i mean he's had years of excellence yeah i mean wainwright is uh wanted to go one more year you know, after his swan song with he would have retired with yadier molina and albert Bujos. they were together as teammates for what almost 20 years he wanted one extra year with them he has an eight point seven ERA. Yeah, he's throwing BP. He's throwing BP out there. Yeah. It, oh, crazy. I did not know it was that bad. I did not know his ERA was eight. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I think like That's I mean they had such an un they had such an unceremonious ending to that season too, right? Like they they had this amazing run where they had all three of those guys back together again. Like they're gonna play again. It's gonna be one last hurrah, and then it's like a first round exit to the Phillies. 
right? Didn't they, they they lost both games and it was just like that's it. Like show's over, yeah. folks. <laughs> it's like and maybe that's hard to, to bounce back from the next year. Um but it was it's certainly surprising. I mean, it's interesting. He actually pitched with the same didn't he pitch with Yadier Molina like basically his whole career? So what yeah. 15, 17, 18 years almost with one catcher, and now you get a year with Adam? Like maybe that throws him off too. Maybe uh, he was also, he's also much older and like he hurt himself in the World Baseball Classic, um, but still kind of wanted to come back for the year even after the hamstring injury. Yeah. I, I think he's just he's out of gas. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's totally cooked. He's cooked. <laughs> he's cooked. Yeah. Um then our team is underperforming the Padres. Hmm. Uh they also had sky high expectations. They made a bunch of big signings this year too. Um they're in a tough division for sure, but I mean, they are in fourth place with a 58 63 record, um, slightly better than the Mets, but still behind the, the Dodgers, Giants, and Diamondbacks. It's funny about like the just the National League West. You mentioned how hard that division is. And like, I was listening to a uh, our, our, our rival uh, sports podcast, uh, Effectively Wild. I'm, I'm just kidding. They're one of the most <laughs> successful baseball podcasts in, in the in the uh sport but effectively wild <laughs> effectively wild if, I, I don't know if you listen to them at all but they're uh no. they're uh fan graphs uh podcast ah. and they're very good they're a- yeah, excellent yeah. excellent yeah. Um, they, they, everyone talks right now <laughs> every uh they had a, a whole conversation about would you rather be the diamondbacks trying to hold off the dodgers or the rangers trying to hold off the astros um like which one which one's a harder thing to do oh. um, the Dodgers are currently on a 10-game winning streak and are 11 games ahead of the Diamondbacks. So yeah. the, the answer has happened. The answer is... <laughs> I mean, holding off the Astros' team is really tough, though, because the Astros are just... That's true, I mean, but the, they're just the Rangers dyna- they're dynastic at this point. They're still two and a half ahead. Yeah, they're holding them off. They're seven I'm sorry, they're, they're, the Dodgers are 13 ahead of the Diamondbacks right now. Oh. <laughs> There's no holding off the Dodgers when you're 13 yeah. behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, the Diamondbacks were the Diamondbacks were in first were in first place when they had this conversation. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, they really. I mean, they're down to almost five hundred. They're sixty-one and sixty. The Diamondbacks yeah, at the beginning of the season were on a tear. Yeah, they were. But Thought they, they were for they real. Were Not as they're disappointing as the, as the Padres because they didn't have the same expectations. But yeah. Um. So do we, do you want to skip to around the league right now? Yeah, let's let's talk about some of the news that we've missed in the past couple of weeks. I think we missed one big piece of news though, right after our last podcast. I know it's um it technically was a baseball game, but turned into a <laughs> boxing match though. Ah, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this or our listeners wow. saw this, but um it was Jose Ramirez of the Guardians slid headfirst into second base, and Tim Anderson of the White Sox was there. And Tim Anderson, some altercation. I, I don't know if he, Tim Anderson, liked the slide, but they both stood up, you know, threw down their gloves and uh, put their dukes up, put their fists up, and um, yeah, they got into a real, it was a legit fight. And Jose Ramirez just clocked him, just a uh, big right hook, and uh, knocked Tim Anderson out. Um, so pretty wild. What do you guys? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I must have watched that clip like 15 times. I, it, I watched it in slow-mo. I watched it, the the radio broadcaster who had a perfect call on it. I don't know if you listened to the radio broadcaster, but like he, he called it like a boxing match. It was fantastic. Um, and 
I think that like, you know, like you said, there's a time for a slide. It seemed like Jose Ramirez took exception to the way Tim Anderson had his tag on um, and kind of held the tag there for like an extended period of time. I don't know if there's bad blood in between between them already, but Jose Ramirez got up looking to for a fight, it seemed like, or at least an argument, and Tim Anderson obliged um, throwing out his glove and like putting his like you said. He like literally threw it through like the, the ball was in his glove and he literally threw his glove off and the ball and the yep. glove fell to the floor. Yep. Um but obviously, I mean listen, this is this is a different era of baseball than the nineteen like eighties, seventies, like this is not acceptable anymore, um, as entertaining as it is for us. <laughs> Were you guys watching the Mets game at that time? At the time of that fight, it was a Saturday night, so probably I, not after the so. deadline. Well, I, I don't remember specifically, honestly. Uh, well, I was I watching it was, it. actually. I think I got the notification while I was watching it. Gotcha. Well, get well. If anyone of our listeners, um, or if our one listener, um, was not watching it, um, Gary, Gary, and Ron were talking. And Ron was, they were talking about this fight. And then Ron was mentioning a story from some game in the eighties when there was some altercation on the field and then everyone on the field, you know, got up, charged the mound, and there was a big 20 minute fight going on and literally like game pauses 20 minutes. And then afterwards, the ump's like, all right, get back. And then the game just re- replayed. Like <laughs> no one got ejected. No one got kicked out. No one got suspended. No fines were issued. I'm just like, you guys good? I'm back in the dugout. <laughs> you worked it out. You got it out of your system. Oh, man. It's, I, it's funny because I like, you know, I think people often refer to baseball not as like a contact sport. And in many <laughs> ways, like it's not, you know, it's not as nearly as much contact as football or uh, basketball or hockey. But I think the moments where there is contact is really charged because it's like <laughs> these, these, everyone has these tempers that just kind of like, unfurl when they're you know they're given the opportunity to so i don't know maybe fights would be a good thing for baseball hot take <laughs> i think that like what uh, tim anderson got a six game suspension originally and it got like reduced on appeal jose ramirez got a three game suspension that was reduced on appeal um and i don't know if you saw i think i, I think i might have sent it to the group chat but um the promo that the lake county captains which is the uh the guardian single a affiliate um shout out to andrew Luffglass, who used to be the broadcaster for them a good close friend of the podcast um their media team put out a promo that right i think is the next day um basically celebrating the fight any fan named tim was allowed to come and sit on the grass uh basically (laughs) (laughs) Um, and they had like a punch out like that arcade game tournament um you punch the bag and see how hard it goes, and then and they also uh, I think they gave anybody who was in a in a Jose Ramirez jersey a free Bam Bam doll, uh, which is <laughs> just fantastic. Like it's a way to make the most of it. Yeah, um, I mean we were talking early. I mean just us on Tim Anderson. We were talking at the beginning of the season, you know, after the World Baseball Classic, how Tim Anderson's like a good freaking player, and he's like really yeah. good in the field, and he he was a hitting he was a batting title champion in 2019 um he's batting 238 this year um and i think you know i think he's had it with the with the white Sox. i think like that whole organization is fucked and like he he needs to get out of there i wonder who's gonna sign him i mean he is what he's only he's an uh unrestricted free agent in 2025 Hmm. Uh, i can see him getting traded next year at the deadline um but i think he's got a lot of potential still um 
not that we need any more shortstops, but um, <laughs> but I think he's a damn good player, and I would I want to see him freed from the White Sox. You think it's the White Sox is like part of his struggles? Like you think he's just frustrated in Chicago? Yeah, I think the whole I think it, it seems like a mess. I mean, they're like far in last place, are they not? They still have only won 48 games. They're 48-73, which isn't <laughs> – the Royals are really bad. Yeah, the Royals are real bad. <laughs> and we got swept by them. And we got swept by them. Let's not talk too much shit. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. All right, what other news we got around the league? Um, we got a, a big one. I, I don't think we got to – how much we're going to talk about this or how serious we want to get. But uh, Wander Franco, um, real real uh, news coming out about him over the last week. Basically, Wander Franco, 22-year-old uh, shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, has been accused of having a uh, sexual relationship with an underage woman, girl, I guess. Um as far as I'm aware, he hasn't made any statement about the allegations. Um, I think the allegation was like posted on social media and then deleted pretty quickly. Um, but he's been placed on the restricted list by the Tampa Bay Rays. He hasn't played a game since uh, the news came out. Um, yeah. Since then, the Rays have made several statements. And, you know, usually with these accusations, it's like, okay, like something happens and then it's, you know, who knows what happens, who knows what's right or not. But I feel like the Rays statements have been like, one day at a time it's we're gonna wait to see what happens and then it's okay like there's actually like a few more minors that have like <laughs> we're gonna investigate and i feel like the last one the other day was wonder franco is likely not gonna play major league baseball again which is just crazy so i think he's still under restriction people are still doing their research on this investigations but that doesn't that doesn't sound good um, I know the Dominican Republic uh, announced, I think, earlier today that they were they were doing an investigation on him. Um, and he he didn't he just sign an eleven year deal, like a hundred and eighty million dollar eleven year deal. Uh, yeah. Part, as he, while he's he, just, he got the rare Tampa Bay Rays multi million dollar multi year yeah. deal. Um, um, which is, uh, so like, obviously we 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 don't know what happened. We don't know that what what allegations are or, or if. if they're true. Um, it certainly seems like there's some serious concern. Uh, if the Rays are saying that, like that he might not play baseball again, it certainly sounds like the allegations are true. Um, again, he hasn't made a statement about it, but terrible thing. Um, it looks like though the Rays are doing the right thing. They they responded pretty quickly um, and pretty harshly, uh, which obviously is the appropriate thing if they if this if any of this is even remotely true. Yeah. Um, and you know, a shame to see so much, so much promise in a baseball career go out the window. But you know, want to, you don't want a guy like that in baseball if those allegations are true. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it was an MLB reporter that says he might not play again, not the Rays gotcha, themselves. Gotcha. Okay. So. Um, one, I, I, not to not to add humor to this, but um, some just terrible coincidence that happened to be the day that this news came out uh, in Tampa Bay. They were running a promotion. It was a Wander Franco like Tampa Bay Ray hat given away to every fan under the age of 14. Oh no. Um, which is just, it, it's just an unfortunate coincidence. Um, like again, not to like make light of it uh, because it's a serious situation, but what, what a terrible coincidence. <laughs> Sometimes just things are just <laughs> aligned in the worst possible ways. Yeah. 
Um, any any thoughts, comments on that? I know we just got the whole situation download there, but no. Um, I was I was partially distracted by Daniel Volga back just trying to stretch a single into a double, um, and getting beat by like twenty feet. But he's, um, he's a slow yeah, I I have not I had not heard. I mean, I I, I obviously knew he was um wrapped up in this and i did not know the details and that's fucking sucks um uh and not really really not good i don't know what else to say but yeah i don't know how much more us three guys can really add to this conversation i feel like it's just very it really sucks for the rays and sucks for his fans sucks for everyone and i don't know sucks for (laughs) the 14 year old girls that's allegedly true He's yeah. 22 years old. He's only been overage for like four years. Like, yeah, geez. Yeah. It's not good. Um, not good. Not good. Anyways, uh, other news. We have this, we have a home run battle going on between. Um, yeah, our weekly Otani update. Um, he is currently now one behind Matt Olson of the Braves has caught up to him in the home run race. So um, maybe because he has played the Mets, Matt Olson got a couple home runs, padding his stats. <laughs> but, um, Matt Olson is now at 43 home runs. Shohei is at 42. So wow. that's Pete Alonso is at 37 for the year as well. Yeah, he wow. is. He, he's, he's coming up too. He's, he's coming catching up. up. And Pete Alonso had, you know, he was, was on the IL for 10 days too. So he's a little, you know, maybe, maybe that's two home runs, but. Yeah, I'd like to see Shohei win the home run crown. That'd be that's my vote. I mean, he's he's running away within the American League, right? Oh yeah. Um, is is he's he's on a triple crown chase in the American League? Forget he home is. run crown. I think um, the crazy thing about all this is that he's yeah he's batting over three hundred. Um, yeah, yeah. And Matt Olson is batting two seventy five, which is great. Yeah, um, fantastic. But Shohei's batting three hundred six. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I forget who I think it's um who's a shortstop on the Rangers um Seager. what's his name Seager I believe he's not qualified but he yeah. is going to be qualified and he's batting very well so I think that's going to kill Shohei's triple crown chances I don't I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna qualify I think I was looking at the numbers the other day as long as he gets like four at bats or something per game and he stays basically if he stays healthy like he should read that by the end of the year i thought he was i thought he was pretty far behind he's batting 348 right now so for shohei's hope i mean you know given the more bats he might not you know he might not keep that pace but um that's true yeah that's a good point as well well it'll be a tie one i hope shohei wins it was is it seager you said you said seager yeah Corey seager former dodger Corey seager Wow, yeah, three forty-eight. What's his? Uh, got three hundred and thirteen at bats right now. Brief, brief Shohei date a bit. Um, Shohei leads. He, he obviously leads all of uh, Major League Baseball in many categories. He is. Uh, he leads Major League Baseball in two pitching categories. One of them is hits per nine with five point nine, and the other one is wild pitches interesting he leads the major leagues in wild pitches with 12 interesting which is very interesting 
but he's and he but, leads the major league in triples still. And he leads tied. the major league in triples. Amazing. He's tied, but nevertheless tied for the league. How is he, how is he in doubles? Like, is he is he close to doubles, triples, and home runs? Uh, he has twenty doubles uh, on the year, which feels okay, like not no, a lot. So no, no, no. Yeah. I think I think uh, Matt Chapman currently leads the American no. League. Freddie Freeman currently has forty-four doubles. Freddie wow. Freeman is a freaking freak, like <laughs> hitting machine, uh, hitting machine. He's, How does he do so it? Good. He's just gotten better. So good. Um, Very frustrating. Um. Yeah, and then you know, obviously the Angels are are. Are pretty are pretty Garbaggio right now. They're they're, they're game under five hundred. Remember when they didn't is... sell Otani? I mean, again, I get it. I get it. You know, you you want to give him a shot, but they made a bunch of like half baked moves, and it has gone nowhere. And I think what they had lost like all like their first like seven games out of the trade deadline. Show you, Otani, you will it. not be an angel next year. That I'm that I'm that I'm pretty sure about. I I, I really don't get it. I. I think it's almost like negligence to have not traded him. Um, you got to get something for him. I, I, <laughs> even if you don't get their king's ransom that you might want, like you got to get something for him. Because the Rangers, at that point, it's like if he's the grace of all time, like what is the appropriate deal? It's like if you're the front office, you're probably thinking about that for days and days and days. It's like, but it's a half a gonna... season. It's a half it's a season. season. Yeah. I, you know, like. For for everything he can do for the Angels, which is is nothing, because they're not going to win. Right. Like a bag a bag of baseballs. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like obviously, obviously not right. But like they could have gotten somebody's top prospect, even if they couldn't get their top three prospects, which maybe yeah. is what they're looking for. They could have gotten somebody's top prospect for him. Yeah. Since the trade deadline, they're fourteen and fifteen, so they're under five hundred since not trading Otani. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. Um, all right. Well, we hope he uh, comes to New York in a couple of weeks and gets inspired. <laughs> but in the meantime, I think that'll probably wrap us up for this week. Um, thanks to you all for listening. Uh, thanks for all st- for sticking with us as you do the Mets this season and every season. Um, as always, if you have any questions or concerns, fan mail, ideas for segments, any any fun thing you want us to talk about on this podcast, you can shoot us an email at foolishlyfaithfulmetspod at gmail.com or you can send us a message on Instagram, foolishly underscore faithful. Um, yep. We will be, first, we are a year round podcast. So uh, stay tuned, stay with us. Year we'll round? Here. Year round. We're going to go uh, at the, after the season? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that all. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll revisit that as the, as the we'll season winds down. Um, all right, everyone. Well, on behalf of Steve and David, I'm Eric. Thanks for all for listening and LFGM. Let's go, Mets.